Welcome to the Unsupervised Mom Podcast, a weekly conversation about the grins and grime of single motherhood while learning to navigate it God's way. I'm your host, Javon Brown, Christian leader, educator, business owner, and most importantly, mom. I'm not a single mom expert. I'm an expert at being the type of mom God has called me to be. And so are you. I know that God wants us to excel in everything we do. And this includes parenting, even while going at it seemingly unsupervised. For more insights and inspiration, follow the unsupervised mom on Instagram and take this journey with me. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a Christian pastor, counselor, or physician. My daughter likes to close her eyes at times while we walk short distances. We live in an urban environment marked with concrete grounds, honking horns, chatty neighbors, busy business exchanges, tweeting birds and other city-fied sounds or what some would deem to be noise. You'd think that amidst all of what would be considered as mere distractions to alertness and focus, my daughter would opt out of wanting to play this quirky game. It's actually a thrill for her because she is left to zone in on four out of five of her senses, depending on sound and touch the most. She tightly grips my hand and follows the sound of my voice to lead and guide her to the first step of our building or to cross the street or quite possibly to walk a short distance down the block. She loves the idea of following my voice in a way that requires her ability to listen and trust in me to be tested. I liken part of this experience to the same feeling I once had whenever I would hold my father or mother's hand as a child. The nurturing warmth that comes with knowing that your parent has your palm in theirs and will do everything they need to do in order to journey somewhere with you or get you somewhere you know no details of. So it's somewhat edifying that my daughter appreciates this random trial of the whims. It actually sharpens the way I give directions, such as we are about to turn left, and instructions like place your feet down slowly one at a time, while heightening my own senses in the process. I find her to enjoy this activity more than I anticipated, but it has allowed me to engage a heightened state of awareness. The how behind ensuring my words are clear and concise with enough information to direct her to safety over danger, lead her to access over lack, or employ her to follow purpose over an unsettled determination. The experience, whether or not her eyes are closed, has also strengthened how I nonverbally communicate with her. When we are walking where she to squeeze my hand, it signifies that there's some level of discomfort with the person nearby. Where I to squeeze her hand as if pulsing once or twice, it's communicating to her that I need to pay extra special attention to the street in front of her or to direct her to shift her attention to a stopping or going point. It may sound quite quirky for some, but I always consider how much I've gained over these past seven years in rearing her in these small moments of mommyhood grandeur, unpacking how important it is that she and I establish our own language, even if she seemingly is silent to bystanders and neighbors. It has helped me to teach her lessons in real time and gain insight into how she best listens and processes information. This is the way I believe God wants us to entreat a level of trust with him in our single mommyhood. 
to set ourselves up to hear from him and then go at his leadership blindly, faithfully, bravely, without the pretense that he's going to fail us, travel us down the wrong path, lead us into the wrong crowd, springboard us into an ocean we cannot swim in and or prepare us for a purpose we are unequipped for. God has a way of dutifully showing up with all wisdom and all knowledge about the tools that are at work in us. And in this, he even knows how we are going to respond to his unction and direction before we have decided to follow. Single motherhood has a way of trying our trust for God. And it is not because the demands of single motherhood completely vary from the demands of parenting non-singly. It is to say that the demands are greater. The delegation is divided within ourselves and the only go-to is primarily Jesus. And this is whether family or friends can offer support. The dependency to manage your day in and day out mama may at times feel as if your eyes are closed and you don't have clarity on the next direction God is taking you in. Sometimes we are confident in what God is doing and we ride on the wave of won't he do it girl because God has confirmed the thing and even provided evidence we did not deserve. But when we are given an opportunity to trust him with what we cannot see, smell, touch, hear, or taste, we begin to question his proximity, his parenting, and his purpose for our lives. But why is that? How is it that we believe that God spoke and thrusted the stars into the night sky, split the firmaments, decorated the earth with life, and breathed his very spirit in us, but we teeter the I trust you God line when we don't see the forest for the trees in our lives? when we don't get what we want when we want it or don't get what we thought belonged to us, misplacing the reality that God always knows what is best for his children? How is it that we forget how much God's hand is in ours? How is it that we become sick with spiritual amnesia versus resting in the foundation that is perfect and incomparable in word and deed? We are like Eve in this way. Questioning what God is up to and wanting to feed the appetite of knowing more over the act of trusting him. In Genesis, Eve is met with the cunning convincing of the serpent, a true enemy who manages to cause her to question what God actually said. Are you sure God said that you should not eat of the tree of the garden? Eve continues in conversation with the serpent, sharing the very knowledge God gave. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. The serpent leads her to believe that the only reason why God said such was because her eyes would be opened, knowing good and evil. Eve saw the tree ahead of her, seeing that it was good for food and certainly pleasant to the eye. She was officially drawn in. Something in her was activated and she took of the fruit and shared it with Adam. Their eyes were both opened and they fell into a distance of sorts with God. God identifies what has happened and calls for them, leading with the question of, where are you? It was not that God did not know their location. God is omnipresent. Of course he knew. He did, however, want them to respond. The serpent may not be an actual serpent in our current time. But we do face serpents of all types, fear, insecurity, pride, self-sufficiency, hyper-independence, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, and others. 
the serpent show up and change the way we hear what God has already spoken to us confidently. These serpents shift our attention off of God and onto ourselves and personal capabilities. They cause us to seek out the ins and outs of our lives or manipulate courses of action to arrive at certain conclusions or destination. When God only needs of us to rest in his execution and timing instead of our experience and tenacity. God actually wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust that when he tells us to make a left, we will turn without questioning why or what is around the bend. He wants to trust that no matter what serpents come up for us, that the activation of him in us will always trump a conversation with the very things that make distance between him and us. He wants us to trust that he is holding our hand as a declaration of the covenant he established with himself on our behalf. And because of the covenant, everything else is already handled. Provision, resources, connections, confidence, vision, and wisdom, to name a few. God wants us to trust him with every single detail that threads the fabric of our lives. So here are two scriptures to meditate on and support your renewed trust in God. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses seven and eight. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Trusting God literally means that we are rooted and planted by everything that will provide us with the spiritual nourishment we need in order for our lives to bear the things that God has called us to bear. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses one through nine. And if you faithfully obey, the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself, as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. This particular scripture is a tie-all, all of the loose ends, all of those moments we have where we are questioning if we can trust God. There's evidence in this scripture that teaches us that there is fruit that comes with trusting God. 
there is fruit in our economical decisions and our financial decisions. There's fruit that will come of our connections and relationships and even in our children. There is fruit that will come at the hands of us who are able to see that God is aligning things for our good. And in this, God is continuing in the covenant that he established, commanding us to be perpetually blessed simply because we made the decision to trust him. We have to beware of what we believe about God's commitment to us because of our finite human thinking. We, like my daughter, have to initiate a position of rest that demonstrates a posture of trust. God is not interested in your demise, mama, much less your failure. But because he knows the way our humanity at times drives us, he establishes multiple outcomes, all of which lead us and our legacies to victory. Trust God at all times. That's it for this week, but that's not all. If you have some ideas about what you'd like to see featured on the podcast, let me know. I have some sweet plans, but your input is welcome. Feel free to send an email to hello at theunsupervisedmom.com. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at theunsupervisedmom, where this important conversation is in full color. The official hashtag for the podcast is hashtag unsupervised mom life. I'm your host, Javon Brown, and I'd love for you to subscribe and tell your single mom friends to do the same. Go on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to download the show and catch the weekly episodes. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. And remember, mama, you are she, seen, heard, and enough. I love you, and most importantly, Jesus loves you. Later, y'all.